0: Way, way back, in episode number 60, I showed you how to test without the use of fixtures. Now, I want to revisit this topic today because uh, there's a better way to do this using factories, and there's a variety of factory tools out there. So let me show you, in this episode, a couple examples where we can use factories to really help improve our tests uh, so they aren't concerned about different things that they aren't testing. Let's start off by taking a look at this spec for a user model where we have some authentication going on. We have this user model and this class method called authenticate where if we pass in a username and password in, we should get a matching record from the database if it matches with the proper username and password. Otherwise, if it's an incorrect password like in this example, it should just return nil instead of the instance of the user. So this all works, but as you can see, we're using fixtures. Now, I don't like fixtures for a few reasons. One is that primarily that it separates the data that we're testing on from the actual behavior we're testing. As you can see here, we're testing the behavior of the user model, but we're, we're relying on some concrete data to be in the database. There's nowhere in this little example here that we're creating a user called Bob with a password secret. We're relying on that from being added through the fixtures. So whenever you have dependencies through tests, you should watch out because that makes the test more brittle and more difficult to read. You have to check out the fixtures file in order to understand the test fully. Now even here, it's not even helping very much because our password happens to be crypted for the database. So we don't even really know that the password is correct in this test. Not a very good solution to use fixtures here. Now I'm going to run our specs just to make sure everything's passing because before I try to replace these fixtures here, I just want to make sure we have passing tests to start off with and we do. So let's work on replacing our fixtures. We never want to uh change our tests and try to improve them without having them passing first. That's our first goal. So now that we know all of our tests are passing, let's focus on removing fixtures by creating a new user in our database directly so we say User.create, set our username to Bob, and our password to secret, and then make sure that the user that we're fetching matches that. So let's just make sure to create that record for this other test too to uh, test the incorrect behavior as well. And we try running our specs again, see how they work, and we get two uh, errors here saying that, well, email is invalid. So apparently our user model requires that we have an email in here. And so what do we do? We try adding an email field. Well, this can get pretty tedious, especially if you already have a lot of tests, you add validations later on, and then suddenly you have all these tests breaking. It's not a very good solution, especially also because we're adding more data than what we really need for our test to pass, to work. email address is something that this one test here should not be concerned at all about and we don't really want to add extra um, code in here that we don't really need and complicate things so this is one of the main motivations behind factories it helps you build records which are valid at to begin with so you don't have to worry about adding all these extra attributes to them in order to test them in this case Now there are a number of factory plugins out there you can choose from. I'm going to demo Factory Girl in this episode, but I'll mention some of the other ones at the end here. So to install Factory Girl I'm just going to add this config.gem line to my test.rb file. So I'll just paste that in right here and that way it will install Factory Girl from the GitHub source. And to make sure you have that gem installed, just run this command in your Rails app directory so that way it just installs all the gems as mentioned in your test environment so it'll install factory girl for us there we go now I like to keep all my factory definitions in one place so I'm just going to add a new file under my spec directory here called factories.rb now of course if you're using a test unit or should I you'd put it under the test directory instead of the spec directory like I am here because I'm using rspec so the way you define a factory is just called factory.define and then pass in the name of the model in this case user and then a block and this just passes through a factory object which you call attributes on to set their initial value so we can say f.username to set the initial username for user I'm just going to call it foo uh, password and let's say foobar And so you're just really passing in whatever attributes you need to make this model valid Uh, another attribute is password confirmation now if we pass in foobar here directly that would work for the default but what if we pass in a custom password when we're defining our factory then this won't work so to solve this problem you can pass in a block and then just say we'll use the user's password as a value for the password confirmation instead of uh, using the the concrete string of the password to match. So this way, if we do pass in a custom password, this will be a valid model still. And then uh, we have an email address. We'll just say foo.example.com and so on. So just whatever attributes you need, the minimum requirements to make this model valid is really the way I like to look at it. Now let's hop over to the spec helper file and uh, include our factories file so that it includes it for all of our tests so if you're using shadow or test unit you would just put this inside of your test helper file instead so you will just say our factories file make sure to require that to include that so we can use it in our tests next let's hop into our user spec file and change this so that it's going to use our factory to create our user records instead of creating them directly like we have here this way we will have valid user data So to do that, we just call factory.create to build a record. But we have to pass in as a first argument here the name of the factory we want to use to build a record through. So in this case, user. So it'll create a new user record that's completely valid. And then we pass in whatever arguments we want to change the data that's based off of what the initial information is it's going to build the uh, record from. So in this case, we can say, uh, I'm going to change the name here so that we don't interfere with our fixture information. And let's use this in both little tests here. So now when we try running our specs again, they all pass this time because it's not complaining about we, us having an invalid user record. Now let's take a look at our user model. Uh, this is our model we've been testing so far, and as you can see, there are a number of validations here, and for the m- for the most part, our factory handles them quite well, and they all pass, except this little guy right here validates uniqueness of username and email. So this is going to be a problem if we try to create two separate users from a factory inside of our uh, single test, because as you can see, our username and pa- and email are concrete here, and if we try to create two at a time then it's going to say well obviously the email address has already been used so you can't create it so we need to randomize this a bit or actually uh, do a sequence here where we are, we are modifying this value every time we are creating a new record a recent update to factory girl gives us a nice new way to do this where we just call f.sequence and then pass in email as a parameter into here and then pass in our value as a block and we get a little number passed into this block which we can use to uh, in our value anywhere so in this case I'm just appending the number into this email address so that every time this is uh, created it will increment our number and give us a unique email address and we can do the same thing for our username here we'll just change his name and give him a number at the end of the name So now whenever we build a new record through our factory, the username and email address will be unique for the default value. So we no longer have that problem with the Validates uniqueness of. Next, let's take a look at creating a factory for a different model. This one's called Article, and it belongs to a user. And what I want to show you is how you can uh, set up associations through Factory Girl. So as you can see here, it validates the presence of name and user ID. So it requires that we have a user that this uh, is the owner of this article. So how can we create a factory for this? So let's head back to our factories file and create a new one here define it called article and then uh, set a name, attribute and then a an association. And the way you do that is just call f.association and then pass in the name of it, so in this case user. And it just will look up for a factory for user which in this case, it'll find this and it will automatically build the user association for when we create an article. And if, for example, maybe our user association was called something different, maybe author, we could say factory and define which specific factory to use for this association. Pretty simple. Now I want to finish up our look at Factory Girl by taking a look back at our user specs and then specifically this call on factory.create. Now, if we call create on a factory like this, we're going to create the model and save it to the database. Now, if you don't want to save it to the database, maybe you just need to work with it in memory, you can call factory.build, and that won't save it to the database. Uh, Another thing you could do, which is kind of cool, is attributes for, and that will return a hash of attributes for uh, building a valid user record. This is really great if you're in some kind of controller spec and you want to pass it as parameters to a controller request. Uh, that's a good way to do that and then finally if you just call factory and pass the attributes directly like this uh, you're going to do the same thing as factory.create this is just a shorthand way of doing it so we could just call factory directly like this uh, for calling factory.create now there's a lot more to factory girl which i haven't been able to get into in this episode but i encourage you to check out the documentation for details on all of that which i will link to in the show notes now, I also encourage you to check out some of the alternatives to Factory Girl. They might accomplish the same thing, but do it in a slightly different way or syntax. So uh, that way you can see which one fits your personal preference better. A uh, Machinist is a great one to look at. Uh, I highly encourage it because one of the nice things about it is the uh, very concise syntax that it offers over Factory Girl. It makes Factory Girl look a little bit more verbose. As you can see here, there's three different model uh, blueprints defined here or factories which uh, is a much more concise than Factory Girl. Another library to take a look at is Object Daddy, which is, uh, has an interesting syntax of defining the attributes by reopening the, the model class and just specifying the generated attributes in there. So as you can see, there's a number of different options you have here for factories, and I encourage you to just take a look at all of them, try them out, and see which one you like best. Sponsored in part by Scrumd a simple project management tool for agile teams. Create user stories and view charts to see your current project status in real time. For a free 30-day trial, visit scrum.com. Also sponsored by Sifter, a bug and issue tracking application designed to be inviting to even the least technical team members and clients. Check out sifterapp.com for a free 30-day trial.